Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm going back. To where the beach is near, the beer is dear, there's plenty of women and the crack. Walking hand in hand along the strand, Ben Bulban at your back. By the riverside, you can watch the tide as it flows to Sligo Bay. I'm on the move again, back in the groove again, back in the Sligo Way. I'm on the move again, back in the groove again. Back in the Sligo way In the bookie shop I done me lot Hello, episode 3, Sligo podcast Good evening, good morning, good night Wherever you're listening uh, A lot of listeners the last few weeks All over the globe Ross, O'Boyle, Ronan Mariarty Welcome back lads Great to be here, Edel Happy to be back again, mate You've been happy the last two weeks So that's three in a row It's great, great going I added a mate that time there just to jazz it up. I beg your pardon? I just added the word mate to jazz oh, it up right, a little bit. Not, yeah. <laughs> good, good friends. Uh, lads, quiet enough weekend, I suppose. Not a huge amount happening. Not local-wise. Local not locally-wise, no. There was good sport uh, on TV now between the Gaelic. Uh, the less said about the international soccer, the better, but I enjoyed watching the Masters myself. Yeah, DJ done the business. DJ, yeah, he was comfortable, yeah. Very, very impressive. Roscoe, what you going into? Yeah, happy to always uh, watch a good bit of sport myself as well at a rugby, and then of course the, the big Mayo match yesterday. So, <laughs> bloody love that. Uh, <laughs> you may have seen the photo go to Ross, GA go, <laughs> sent it from, all the way from Moscow. It's good to see, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> Russian society of the Mayo supporters. <laughs> he was spotted at the Kremlin last night. Uh, <laughs> Drinking <laughs> vodka. <laughs> Green and red flag. That photo cheered me up the whole weekend now. Shout out to Gary O'Hare for the fantastic Photoshop skills. Photoshop. Do you know who it was actually? Who the original photo was? No. You know the book who was ragged off the pitch? The book. Uh, uh, Jimmy Stoyan, is that? <laughs> Mayo Mick or something. Jimmy no. another fella. Mayo Mick or something, Mayo was it? Mayo, Mayo Mick, yeah, uh, yeah. That's actually him, yeah. He, he was, it's from an Irish Mirror article where he broke, he went in a wig to some game. Yeah, I just something. saw that today. He actually, he was getting in on the slide. <laughs> like, how could you not know it's him? Come on. <laughs> what a man. Uh, we all make yeah so more reaction this week there was a lot of more questions with the correspondence and we'll get to that shortly lock of the week come in lads yeah fantastic so uh, Jimmy be happy yeah See, two Bert weeks in sitting there with the uh, crown on his head and I actually am wearing a fur coat yeah <laughs> and I bought the BBC sound effects very happy yeah started off well we had Xander on Thursday night he won his uh, three ball I think by three or four shots uh, went on. Jimmy Lowe gave us a bit of a sweat on. Yes, Jesus left Christ, it very late. Yeah. An 80 minute. Uh, books driving us up on Twitter. I think, we as were well. getting the rub on Twitter, all right, yeah, but. You know. rub. But uh, Jimmy came through, yeah. He wanted that last ball, didn't he? he was did. Earl or Colman could have put one out to him about two seconds Yeah, he could, and he, even gone. in the first couple of minutes of the game, Sexton oh, could yeah. have put him away as well, but uh, he deserved a try now. He had a great, great yeah. debut. And Mayo were quite comfortable most of it, first half with the wind, and then near the end. Got tight. All looking back, I can very tight. Yeah. I thought they were going to get the equaliser. Um, they hung on in the end. So one point win, but a win is a win is a win. Bit of yeah. wayward shooting a Mayo now. Mm. That gives us a 7.75 point profit. <coughs> so that, yeah. that's, I suppose, we had one losing bet. Now we've had one winning bet. So and I suppose with no revenue streams or sponsors, um, <laughs> our smooth Jimmy's locks of the week will probably keep this show going for <laughs> yeah, a few more weeks. They become so. important. <laughs> they become very important. Um, if there's any sponsors out there, please get in touch with us. We'd, we'd love to have you involved. 
Any 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 businessmen around the town called Jimmy that could find a suit smooth Jimmy segment? Oh, we'd have to find. There, 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 there's, 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 there's a few at the top of my head already. Yeah. Yeah. Mooney's oh, Bar. Mooney's Bar. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy McGarry, yeah. Uh, plenty more, yeah. Um, what else, lads? The dancer, Ed McGinty, brought home the bacon. Murty, you're two from that's two in the two dancer. two from two, yeah. yeah. That's a, an early six-point lead. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, we thought... Uh, it got tight between Ed and Ollie Horgan there for a while. But, um, yeah, I think after that... After essentially Rovers qualifying for Europe, or at least we hope Rovers are qualified for Europe, I thought Ed was a deserving winner this week, and now we've got our wife runs out. Yeah, just, I don't know if you're on the Twitter, you'll probably see it by tomorrow morning, we just tried them for comfort there in, in the in the studio, very comfortable, um, so they are now ready to go out to our winners, and also mention to Sligo Stats, the first winner from the first week, yeah. uh, whoever that is. Whoever uh, they are. If they could probably give us some place where we could meet them to hand over the the I'd prize, I'd say the Peace Park would be the best spot. Peace for Park that, would be maybe. a good place for it, yeah. Cold clo- under cloak and dagger, um, or it's in a church, in the confessional boot of a church. If one of us goes into one of them and <laughs> he just slides the door over, and the wife runs her pass through, then I'm sure Bishop Doran would have no problem yeah, with the yeah. cathedral. You know? Well, I know Christy Jones never had a problem with stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll we have okay. been jiving priests two weeks in a row now. <laughs> we might move, move on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Follow three trees. <laughs> we announced it. Our, our latest section off the collar. <laughs> off the collar. Yeah. <laughs> Segment three of the show. <laughs> off the collar. That that only out after twelve o'clock. Um, we said after the first show, uh, follow three three six on Twitter. We'll get a pair off. Uh, it's like my wife front as well and TJ Ford. You are follow three three six. So we'll get in contact with you as well and arrange collection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know where they've been given out now. Yeah. Uh, so TJ Ford is follower 336. We don't uh, ask for much from them. Just a photograph, please, back of them. With the yeah. uh, next pair being handed out a follower 518. 518. Well, well, where are we now? I think we're at 340 on Twitter. Facebook's a lot higher, but we don't, we don't care about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, no, am I joking? Um, yeah, that's about it for our intro, lads. We'll go to the correspondence we've been in. Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me. Okay, Mr. Burns. Uh, what's your first name? I don't know. Okay, welcome back to our correspondence. A uh, lot in this week again, lads. Good bit in the mailbox, all right, yeah, good yeah. to see. Keep um, them coming in. Yeah. They make our life easier. Give us something to talk about. Very full letterbox. <laughs> um, we'll start with uh, Twitter, lads. Conor Mahoney at Conor Mahoney 7 He's enjoying the show. <clears throat> He wrote, what is the most memorable match involving a Sligo team for you? The two that really stand out for me is the Sligo win the Connacht final in 2007 with Eamon O'Hara's goal and the second is the FAI Cup final in 2010 with Shams when Kieran Kelly saved the four penalties. Uh, Marty, I'll go to you first. Uh, yeah, good question there from Conor, right? Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, look, the, the day against Shams and the Aviva was special, um, but probably my favourite day following Rovers was... When they won the league in 2012, uh, quickly with the late penalty. Uh, great day, great game, uh, fully packed showgrounds, cans on the railway end, of course. Yeah, I, uh, the sun was shining. I was on Bottles Desperados down the church, or the Rose Hill end. The temporary stand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I no, I was on the cans. I think I was, I was, I was in a phase of cider at the time, so I think oh, I had cans oh, of Bulmers. But, uh, no, yeah, that my favourite, uh, yeah, my most memorable sport, Sligo Sporting event would probably be Sligo Rovers 3, Shamrock Rovers, or St. Pat's 2 in 2012. <laughs> we had actually a character game the next stage. I don't know if you we were... We played, i tell you who we played. We played Knock Kill Shamal. Yeah. We won 2-1. Oh, yeah. David Rooney rang in two free kicks, actually, is what happened that day. Had a headache on the pitch that morning, though. Yeah, I had, um, again, I had cans of Bulmers at that game. Billy Brennan, actually... <laughs> I remember Billy, Billy for some reason, yeah. Billy was, <laughs> Billy was a substitute that day, obviously being hung over. And myself and himself were having a can in the first half, and the referee who shall the referee he's going to he was going to come on in the second half, but half an hour to go. But he was warned by a referee who shall remain nameless that uh, he couldn't come on as he had consumed a couple of cans of Bulmers at that stage. So, well, that's happening in junior football if you can't get one pitch. Um, so you're going for the yeah, Sligo Rovers three, uh, St Pat's two in 2012. My gate, well, see, my he's. I'm going to yeah. Connor's the 2007 final. Um, it is Sligo J. It's not the 2007 final. It's not even one game. It's kind of a trilogy of games for me. It's uh, beating Tyrone in 2002, drawn with Armagh, and even the replay with Armagh because that one still really, really just annoys me. That replay in Navin, um, what what could have been? Um, those those three weekends were absolutely 
amazing for Sligo back in 2002 when the bet your own. Yeah, if I was to pick a, a Gaelic one, that it would I actually go with them three yeah, rather than 2007. I know I know we won something in 2007, but it was just something. It was just I don't know. It was the possibilities were endless. Yeah, it, it was. I can't remember. I, I still I don't know how the players feel about it. Still, but I still get think back what what a chance it was. Like they were the the next two All Ireland winners. Armagh won it that year, and Tyrone won it in two thousand and three. And Sligo were every bit and better than them in those games. But they were just a, uh, such memorable times. Like the game against Tyrone, they were kind of down as well. Didn't like they going up to Armagh game. They were out of it. They were down to fourteen. Down fourteen early, men, yeah. And that didn't look like they were going anywhere near that. And uh, they rallied back that day as well. And even in Nav and then. Sean Davey can maybe cut it a penalty. There a few goal chances they'll talk. Did Armagh rattled and what have been the Dubs and Croker in the semi final? The semi final, yeah. The uh, actually Dara McGarty's wedding. Uh, Michael McNamara was best man. Two two Sligo players from from that time, <coughs> but uh, Mackie actually got uh, what was the Armagh's keeper? He was a bit of a character. Benny, yeah, Benny Tierney. Benny Tierney. He got Benny Tierney. Um, <laughs> so it turns out Darren McGarty there's a statue of him in Armagh. Well, yeah, lot of say he won them the. He won, he won them the fisting, all fisting and over. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Oh, Benny Tierney got... Oh, Benny Tierney was sorry, yeah. So, Mackie, you cut up and the projector came down and Benny Tierney appeared on the screen uh, saying his prayers, thanking Darren McGarty <laughs> for fixing it over that he made the boys heroes in Armagh. Oh, no. Ah, but look, he would, if, he, if he shot and missed, he would have been a bit with the bollocks so why didn't he fist it over? So... Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, but that, yeah, that was, they were just special times in Crow Park. Absolutely special. Roscoe, you were saying the 2007 campaign. Yeah, that was, was very memorable. To you. Um, very in our early twenties, it was um, twenty-one. Very early twenties, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, just a great time. I think it was just, I suppose, you associated with uh, good times in your lives or young, young, young lads. Devil may care. Um, Me and you were sharing a flat in Millbrook. Yes, beside Toffs at the time. Millbrook, we lived together. Yeah, yeah. Um, we learned a lot. We grew up. We were both boys when we moved into that apartment, but. Uh, <laughs> That was a good campaign. I think our house is kind of a bit of a focal point for gathering before matches and after matches and oh, definitely sure. after toffs anyways. But um, the, we had a couple of interesting bus journeys and uh, train journeys um, to the, um, the, the, the you matches. Might be, you might be wondering how you get a train journey when you play two games in Roscommon. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time we got the train to boil and tried to walk, there was no bus going, so tried to walk to Roscommon. We got to that place. Kind of There's a little pub roads. on the left. Yeah. Tulsk. Tulsk. No, it's, no, not as far as Tulsk. We didn't get that far. Um... The four provinces to four Tulsk. It's a pub anyways. I think it slows down now. We set out with just... I think we got about six miles. We had, <laughs> I, I thought you were taking as the crow flies. We that were trying like, to, but yeah. sure. We, we had uh, basically armed with a compass and a bag of Samson compass. cider. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few good photos that still floating around of like farmers out in their fields. I don't Gary Clancy in asking morning. for directions. We might share a few of them on the social channels, but... Uh, we eventually got picked up on the sports buses. Bat's going off the, going off off the, the beat of it, but they, there was good times as well. The, the Connor final, of course, never be forgotten. O'Hara's goal, as Connor said, um, one of the great moments when he full stride. It was such an O'Hara goal from the way he was back then. So there were the good times, lads. I'm sure there's plenty more with you out there with different sports and stuff, uh, not just the yeah. standard... Soccer, Gaelic, rugby-ish. Uh, get them into us. Uh, what else have we got, lads? Where were you going to next? You had a few uh, there on yeah, the Twitter we, to come in. We have uh, we have an interesting one here. Uh, Ryan Lynch, again, is in under his pseudonym, Shady McGee. Uh, <laughs> although I think that's referencing, again, his housemate, Laura. This is a good question, I thought, actually. Watching Katie Taylor the other night, how many slaps do you think you could take off Katie Taylor before you'd be knocked out? <laughs> I have a... Big opinion on this one. So, Ross, I'll go to you with that one. Uh, yeah, look, it, w- it wouldn't be much, really. Like, it's a one fair shot now. Like, are you standing um, there? Are you kind of going... defend yourself? Yeah, can you defend yourself? As, yeah. Not to, not to make a difference. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose one... If she, if she got one clean shot at you... In, on, the, on the jaw? Yeah. Oh, gone. Gone, yeah. yeah. That, that's it would have to be, yeah. yeah. I would have I said one was my answer right, for yeah. that one. <laughs> You'd take a body shot, I'd say. Oh, I don't know if it would. I'd chance a body shot, but the, yeah, the face, game over, yeah. One, well, one we're going for. Yeah, yeah, well done to Katie again. Another, uh, another great one. That reminds me of a question on the ground. Would you think you'd ever win a point? Obviously, no, no. is the answer. A point, a tennis point against one of the Williams sisters. <laughs> Actually, I had another question that was sent in earlier in the week to me directly. Uh, what do you think is a harder sport, or a harder sporting achievement? What is the most least likely? Uh, a hole-in-one on a 150-yard golf hole. Right. A nine-darter. Right. A one-four-seven break. Right. And that's it. I can't think of the other one. I would say... Um, I'd say a hole-in-one is, is more possible than a nine-darter. Yeah, the hole-in-one being the easiest. Yeah. 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 So for, for the average person, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
the one four seven. Are we ranking now? Yeah, so I was the hardest. Yeah, what's I the hardest? I think a nine dire because it takes consistencies off. Nine different. I suppose then there's a one four seven. You're hitting the many. You're potting yeah. the many balls there. Yeah, yeah. so much things have to go right for the one four seven as well. Answer, yeah, I go hole in one is the easiest, and then yeah, I think you're right there. Hole in one. Hole in one. Nine then darts. And then, nine, yeah, and then, then the one four seven. I think. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. We're great. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? You got one the GA or what do I have here? Um, do you think Sligo? <coughs> Where are we? Do, you th- do, you, do the panel think Sligo should focus on one sport and just grid the GA out of our county? Um, no, yes. no, not, <laughs> no, unanimous no on that, yeah. Well, I said yes. What's the sport you focus on? Uh, Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> You'd need two clubs. Ray Flynn like that, I say. He's not unlike him to not to have a dig at GA. Um, Rosk. No. I have one here from right. uh, Jordan Farrington. Uh, Jordy is a former Sligo player um, from Wanganui, I believe. Uh, Jordy asked, from my experiences, Sligo Rugby Club was a great rugby experience and now I have a real appreciation for the quality environment the club created in my time there and I would also like to hear more about it, including how it has grown in playing numbers of performances. Well, Jordy, it's a, it's a big one and don't get me started because I won't stop, but um, definitely over the couple of weeks we'll, we'll touch in on, on, on how the, the, the game is going in the club and how it's grown. Um, just a really good culture out there at the moment. Um, everyone's playing for each other. There's, there's no, there's no dickheads, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> just to put it bluntly. No, well, okay. you know, as the squad at the moment, <laughs> right, though, um, we're really happy with it. Um, Paddy Pearson now is in his fourth year, but uh, Paddy's been there for a long time. He took the boys when they were a junior team before the senior team, and, and Jason has come in and uh, just set a real family environment in the club. Everyone's playing for each other, and, and when you have the fundamentals like that, right, where everyone respects each other and works hard, then everyone else buys into it. So, Jordy, we'll talk a bit more over the weeks. Yeah, good to hear from Jordy. Um he was a good addition to Sligo when he was here. Yeah, he was. All, he was all, a, all scenes, all social scenes. And he really stuck in, got himself stuck into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he actually put us up when we, when we went over to New Zealand <coughs> oh, there, myself good. and Heinze and Bellew and, and his old fella Ginge, who's he, a, a he good man. He enjoyed a nap in the pick and shoes there across <laughs> the bus station when he was working. <laughs> bus stop, I thought Jordy was in, was he? I don't know if he was in pick and shoes. Was he a bus stop? I'm not sure. I thought he worked for bus stop Burns there, yeah. All right, well, he enjoyed a nap. In, <laughs> I thought he was in pick and shoes. Right, uh, last one. Uh, this one's directed at you, Ross. Oh, Hello, our question is for Ross. Uh, Ross, do you think that if you were... <coughs> sorry, i just pick up my phone here because I'm looking down. Uh, Ross, do you think that if you were to have been educated in Summerhill College rather than the grammar, <laughs> that you may have been swayed away from the oval ball and more inclined to stick at the Gaelic football? Also, do you know? Do you think you may have had it... What it took to break into the Sligo minor panel if things have been different? Your similar size to Port Joyce, who made a fine GA career for himself. And to finish... Who was your most impressive teammate when playing applying your trade for Cody St. Joseph Juniors? Brothers Finton and Tyg in Banlacaro. So there's three questions there, Ross. Um, if you'd went to Summerhill and said the grammar, would you picked up the Gaelic ball and said the oval? Would you broke into the Sligo minor panel? And who was your most impressive teammate when you played with Cody St. Joseph's junior footballers? She's an early to write down that question. Uh Sounds very similar to uh, kind of a long-winded question that uh, Mag- Mags Tullahan yeah, sent in last Yeah, actually true with the same uh, account, I believe. So, Finton and Tygen Banlacaro and Mags and Tullahan, um, yeah, they're, they're one and the same, it okay. seems. But anyways, answer the boys' question, they're listening intently on the wireless on Banlacaro, <laughs> I'd say. Well, unfortunately, the Gaelic career never really got off to, to any sort of a, a degree. Um, Brian Hines, um, under the, the, the parenting of, of Tim Hines, I suppose, um, who was the Callery stalwart and still there to this day. It was on to Brian to always try and get a few fellas out. But I think after the first time or second time I was there, he wasn't really pushing them to get me out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think played a little bit of a minor, all right. And Murthy, you were actually a teammate of mine, I believe. Yeah. I think I could have been 17 and you were 18. All out a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not calling me an 18 when I was playing minor football. What? Age-wise. Oh, sorry. Jesus, what slaps are about to get shown there? <laughs> well, I, I think you are number 17, to be fair. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely know, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we had a, good, we had a good, good side there. Never quite quite good enough. I think we lost to Torla Strand. <laughs> I, I think I recall you coming on in a minor game up in Torla Strand. We got beat by a couple of points in the championship. And I think that was the end of both of our Galway careers. It was, stage. and then I was once or twice over the years. Though I was uh, uh, asked to come out, not asked actually. I know I think they had nobody, so I think I was better than nobody. They were missing the the junior bees. So I went out one day playing against Clare, and Ado, you might have talked, did you? 
Um, the, is this the more recent one or this is years ago? Oh, well, the years ago one was uh, myself, Owen McHugh. Yeah, McHugh was actually texting me that the other day. He was in goals. Uh, <laughs> Stuff tree by him now. He wasn't He wasn't like the, pan- the jungle panther. The, the, jungle, the, <laughs> the jungle panther gets a mention but, uh, again. Harry was playing for us. It's one of his first ever Gaelic games, right? And McHugh was in goals for Callery. And the ball went into the field behind. And Harry is corner forward and McHugh goes, Harry, going to get that ball, will you? So he does, goes, <laughs> leaves the pitch and hops the fence, and McHugh with another ball in the nets and kicks the ball out to, the, to Harry's man. And their manager's going, Harry, the back, back in the fucking bitch, you bollocks. <laughs> but uh, played a few years ago against each other as well, Ross. And yeah. I remember I, I had a sleepover in Brian Hines after two pints one night. And the next day, we went to Cluna Cool and seen you play out there as well. A full forward line of yourself, John Griffin, and Owen McHugh. Out in Cluna Cool, you played. Definitely not a high highlight for the the parish, and then uh, I think the last game was against uh, who was it about a year ago in Castle Connor, was it? I don't know. They no, put a big score on us, anyways, <laughs> and uh, I came off the bench. I, I think I was taken off again. Absolutely <laughs> brutal, and uh, the look of disappointment in uh, Tim Hines's face after the match just really reiterated to me to so, never ever pick up a Gaelic ball again. So most uh, most impressive teammate, so. I'd have to give it to Brian Hines, uh, uh, a rugged, a rugged uh, ball high, player. High elbows. And oh, I'm what? sitting here beside him. Well, that's a dig. Former County Under-16 uh, player. Yeah. <laughs> Declan <laughs> Rouse and... Declan Rouse, the bowl, Declan Rouse. And, and Joe Drury. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scored 1-2 against Leitrim, but... Very good. It's never remembered. <laughs> um, Tim Hines' story, you know this one, Marty, remember? There was a, I won't say his name, a fella told Tim he'd... Heart, <laughs> heart pains, was it? Uh, a recent pulse, I believe, was the was the, phrase, <laughs> the coin of phrase used at the time. Yeah, he had a bit of problem with his chest and his own, and he came down and told him at half time or something that he had a recent pulse, he'd kind of chest pains, and going corner forward. <laughs> <laughs> you run it off in there, corner forward. Off, so, uh, there was a chant made up about him that we used to be saying in envy, but that be for the chant, for the chant special. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lads, that's all the correspondence in this week. We're going to come back with a bit of GA. Okay, welcome back. Uh, time for a bit of GEA, lads. Something seems to happen every time we we stop recording. It was the COVID outbreak uh, two weeks ago. And last week, Paul Taylor announced his re- resignation just uh, the day after we went out. Um, I don't know, was it common or not? Um, I'm not sure. He's a statement out. He said, after careful consideration, I wish to confirm he's stepping down as Sligo GA County Manager. Family com- commitments, work commitments, and current health crisis are primary factors in my decision. Um, there's a bit more going on there. He, he accepted the job when they're in a transition phase. Older and experienced players are retiring, and new players are called up. Um, so I feel bad that didn't get a chance to play a goal in the championship. It's, 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 it's a hard way to bow out, I suppose. Um, but yeah, look, Paul you know, Taylor resigned as Sligo Manager. Yeah, like I, I, in fairness to him, um, like you know, from reading that statement there that he put out last week, like it's some some service he's given to the county now. To be fair to him, uh, between his playing days, um, he was an exceptional player. I think as we dwelt on last week, and you know, even with just giving the couple of years to the team, um, it's an evolving team. Um, you know, it's a very young team that you know he's he's had to he's had to make the transition to. So, like I, I don't know, you, you couldn't. I don't think personally slayed him maybe. Do you know, I mean, it's just, I think we are kind of down in the dregs. And again, I have a few, I have a few reasons as to why I think that is, but uh, they're probably for another show. But uh, look, I don't think it's any surprise. Um, I don't think it's any surprise that Eamon O'Hara has come out and said that he wants the job. Um, look, Tortoise Strand have won five, five titles in a row, county titles in a row. I assume, would he be on a ticket with Jerry McGowan? Or well, I don't know. I might get to that in a minute. Um, Taylor took over two years ago from Carl Corey. They've been beating the championship up in Salt Hill by 26 points. Um, last year, played Galway Championship, lost 3-11 to 7. But I think the big thing was not them championship games, or the one championship game he had. They were knocked out in the qualifier by Offaly, 3-17 to 15. It was the league form, I suppose. Yeah. Like, people are people are on about uh, lost seven league games out in Division 3 last year without a point. Um, lost another four this year when promotion probably was on the cards. If we'd beaten Waterford, at home, I know COVID came along then, but we're in control against Carlo. Uh, in the second last game, won that, and you don't know, never know what would happen there. Promotion could have been gained, so um, I think he'll be disappointed himself. Uh, but it is, as I said, a young team, and a lot of young players have been brought in and blooded now. Yeah, and you'd hope that that would augur well for the future. I, I, I would take the point about uh, the league form, like you know, I think Sligo should always be, even at the minute, like even if we are blooding a young team, like Sligo should be competing at the top of Division Three, maybe the bottom of Division Two. I would have thought, 
is where we would be in the grand scheme of things. So uh, I suppose for a new manager coming in, I, I suppose things can't really get any lower, can they? So you're starting from a base there with a young squad and I suppose the immediate objective has to be to, to get out of Division 4. Um, you're wasting your time playing football down there, you know, you need to... You need to start looking, and it's like it's funny too because like you can if you win Division Four, like the last time Sligo won Division Four, they went two thousand nine, yeah, won Division won, Three the following year. Three. Well, funny, yeah, in two thousand nine they won Division Four, and they played Antrim in the final Division Four, and they played Antrim in the final Division Three the next yeah, year. Yeah, so you, two, you two get, teams got a bounce. Yeah, you get a bounce, and um, Sligo unlucky to be relegated that year too. It went down to the last kick of a ball in me, I think, was yeah, it? Yeah. Um, but like, as you said, so when they were playing Division 4 football and Division 3, then 2010, they go be Galway and Mayo in Connacht. So league football isn't the be-all and end-all. Yeah, um, winning becomes a habit, doesn't it? It does, yeah, no 100%. But like Sligo have been down in four. Like there's, there's not saying it's an overreaction to the league. It wasn't seven defeats isn't good enough, obviously. But we've been down there before, so there is a way back out of it, clearly. Like, there's, there's oh yeah, there's definitely. And like, even as you say yourself, we probably weren't that far off at this year. You know, a couple of... Kicks of the ball either way, as you say, against Carlo, like losing to Waterford at home now. Yeah, that, that, was, was, that wasn't yeah, a good that day wasn't good, like, no. Because we just come off beating uh, Wexford. Wexford, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So things look to be looking good. But um, yeah, that's that, Paul Taylor. So after uh, two years, uh, one championship campaign, of course, this year, wasn't uh, wasn't played against Galway, who lost to Mio yesterday. But uh, Taylor, ha- or Eamon O'Hara... Is that a slam dunk? Is it was it other contenders as well? Or I don't, I don't pro- know. I seen process? it was a text they seen yes earlier from when the lads saying that clubs have been asked by the county board to put in nominations. So who knows who'll be nominated? Is that lip honest. service or maybe I would have I would have thought when O'Hara said he's interested the other day I on, thought, the, yeah, on the Ball Talk podcast that it's probably his or yeah I that that's my thinking and it says thinking around the county. Um, one X. Playing legend to another, it'll pass down. It's a natural step, is it? Well, I suppose, yeah. Like for him, I, I would assume having had the, <laughs> the five titles in a row with the with Tour de Strand, I was actually surprised he wasn't in the running for it the last time, or did he go for it? Or I think maybe he felt that he wasn't ready for it at the time. I don't know, but I think it's a natural progression for him. If um, if we're not going to go looking outside the county, I assume he'd be the you know he's the outstanding candidate by a long way. I would have thought. Yeah. He mentioned on that Ball Talk podcast uh, the county board needing to see what they want to do and achieve and how they want to achieve it. So um, I presume he's going to be in dialogue or maybe has been in dialogue already with them. Um, we don't know. But like yeah, I said, five. the big thing it's been Tour de Strand back four years ago was to try and get the two in a row because it hadn't been done in so long. And Sam, then, then Pats, I think we're the last thing Pats back, yeah. And then they've done it and <laughs> haven't stopped. Yeah, yeah. So... Maybe nothing more to achieve then. I'd say I'd say he wouldn't mind another rap at Connacht with Tour de Strand now as well at the same time. Um, but as you asked, yeah, I was thinking that myself uh, when I heard him talk last week. Is it O'Hara and Jerry McGowan ticket? Because they have been joint managers, of course. Um, I mean, can't give them all the credit there. Jerry's obviously very much part of that Tour de Strand team. So I don't know which way that'll go. Um, that'll play over the next few weeks. So... It'll probably be announced after we go off the air tonight. That's where <laughs> yeah, things will be going. Or it's something um, shocking. I think it'll yeah. I think it'll be the next few weeks. Um, because as I said, I've mentioned the last two podcasts. County football could be. Well, I don't think it will be, but it could be back February-ish time, maybe. But I very much doubt. It. I think they'll give them a break now. But um, yeah, that's an interesting one. There's more to come with that, and we'll get in deeper with that in the next few weeks. Uh, bad on the pitch. The only Sligo representative of the weekend was the ladies and. Things didn't go well for them again. Seven, eighteen to two points against Clare. Um, not a not a good performance at all. And I watched a bit on YouTube, so it's been a disappointing campaign for the Sligo ladies. Um, they've suffered some heavy, heavy beatings, and it's definitely back to the drawing board there for them. I don't know did the did the broken up year suit them because they were competitive against teams like Clare last year. So disappointment there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can edit that out. Yeah, and that that finishes them for the season. I don't know if they're a relegation actually battling that, but that finishes them up for the season, so they'll be disappointed with that. Um, that's about it for GA. Uh, what was on Mayo Galway? We talked about it at the start of the show because uh, it brought in our lock of the week, tight old game. It's all till and winter. It was a typical typical game. Typical yeah, game. Mayo got out to the lead, and the um, I think I said it last week. I think it, it could be very Mayo like to win this all Ireland this year. Well, nice pathway now, isn't it? It's, it's, it's Cork a tip. Yeah, it's opened up for them there now. In the semi. Um, 
they won't fear either them, but I don't think Cork or Tip will fear them either. No, no, and Mayo tend to drop to the level of the team they're playing at, actually. Very much mm. so, yeah. Um, although I think they could open up completely in Crow Park now, because that, um, Owen McLaughlin wing back. Unbelievable. And then you have uh, Oshie Mullen going forward, a bit of pace there, them boys going forward as well, and Paddy Durkin's flying. So and your man Ruan in the middle. It's been yeah, I actually thought he started poorly yesterday. He gave he gave kicking ball away, and then he just took over. Got into it, and took over. Yeah, he was he was very good. Yeah, Oshie oh, Mullen's going well, isn't he? Oshie oh, Mullen's going well. Yeah, um, brother of Shawnee Mullen, a fellow from our rugby team from Ballinrobe, going really well. Kilmaine actually is their club, Ross. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Shawnee so played with Ballinrobe himself. Rugby. Okay, Kilmaine with their GA club now. Just the first thing. I don't think they'd like the to fact checker. Yeah, uh, just to, just to stop you in your tracks here. But I don't think Kilmaine have a GA club because it's a tiny old rugby club. I mean. <laughs> Village, but um, yeah, Oshie Mullen is big fine. I didn't know he's Sean's brother, but um, he's a fine dubs rather again. Yeah. Um, Less said the better. Yeah, and Kildare and me. Some uh, the, ca- the camera and that, that was nearly unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, Some amount of goals, scores, yeah. They, they scored five nine. The last time scored five nine was about the Dubs in two thousand and ten. Not ten. Yeah, then the, the famous Lowe game, yeah. game. Then the final, and then but they scored seven fifteen, seven thirteen against Wicklow in the first round. So they scored twelve goals in two championship games. Yeah, because even I was actually like in the first very first minute of Leash against Dublin, your man ran through and smacked had a pop, the smacked the crossbar. Yeah. Like, I, like look, Leash were never going to beat them, but like I don't know, maybe if Mead could. Maybe open them up and score a couple of goals. And the first 20 minutes, I'd never seen Dublin give away as much ball as they have in the last 10 games. It like, was four points to two after yeah, 27. Kilkenny give just fisting balls to each players. Other players don't tuned in. Then they just they're just a machine. So I don't know what 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 is the game against Dublin these is getting within nine points of them for the likes of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like yeah. last year's Leinster final was one seventeen to four points. <laughs> it's me so. okay right uh, yeah. I always live in hope like even <laughs> watching the Westmead Dublin game a few weeks ago I was like jeez I have to get a few points here with me <laughs> but um, I don't know and then I, there was a load of games on at the same time Cavan Down was on I was kind of flicking the BBC too Down were one nine to two points up in that and game over and going to Ulster finally it's Donegal and Cavan came back and won it by a point That's so two weeks in a row two weeks in a row the put. morning game yeah, but after mm. the one three the bowed men from Cavan and um <laughs> <laughs> and bowled my finger. I know where they are bowled. So Donegal were coasting against Armagh for most of the game. They look good. Yeah, very um, impressive with them now. Yeah, they've looked good the last two years, three years. I thought they've looked Putting good. Up to Dublin, good. I don't know. I don't know. That's. But they've turned. I I, I call them an attacking team now. Like, and it's a serious option. Like yeah. Murphy, not that he's not playing well because he's his work rate is outrageous. But he doesn't have the score no. seven points anymore. And that's like I just think you know teams try and muck up against Dublin, put fourteen men behind the ball. I don't think it's the way. Like, oh, they can score from all lines. Yeah, but any time Mayo looked like beating them in the last few years was so when Mayo 15. just went at them. Yeah, do you know. Yeah. And as well, uh, Ryan McHugh gets two points from wing back nearly, and now Patter Morgan's playing the other wing back. He scores goals for fun. That's well, he's sent nulls when the one intermediate two years ago. He's their main attack. He's a, a forward like and yeah, yeah. So they've. Two wing backs are going to score, and Michael Langan, then you have Murphy, Paddy Beard come off the bench, Jamie Brennan, um, yeah, he can get his scores. He's we whip it like when he with the head down to Bundoran fella. Um, so yeah, I don't know what to give. Well, to beat Cavan first, but I think they will. In um, that's on their mat on Sunday, and then they'll be a good game to look forward to if they beat the Dubs. Yeah, yeah, to play the Dubs. Uh, that's with GA lads. Uh, we're going to come back with our first interview of the of the. Show us going to the campaign. Yeah, uh, first, first of many, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. we're going. Uh, so we've uh, lined up uh, apprentice jockey in the UK, uh, Dara Keenan from Ballymote. Uh, very exciting jockey. He's had uh, a number of wins, and yeah, we're going to talk to him next. So Ron, yeah, you were chatting to Dara Keenan. Let's see how you got on. Okay, welcome back to the Slide Away podcast. Um, I'm joined for one of our first interviews by uh, Dara Keenan. Uh, Dara is an apprentice jockey. Um, he's based out of John Ryan's yard in Newmarket and he's so far in his career had 76 winners over the last three to four years um, Dara thanks for joining us no problem good, 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 good to talk to you all so just uh, starting off Dara just wondering uh, is racing in your family or how, how did you get into it no I, I've, I've always my dad's always had horses and he's always had ponies and that the house breeding ponies and um I kind of just enjoyed that, and then I was asked one day by a woman called Sandra Stewart, would I be interested in going down to ride out for Mark McNiff on the racehorse? And I said yes straight away, and I got into it that way. I just loved it the minute I started. 
And I suppose, um, with Mark himself, I suppose, you know, I say there's a good couple of jockeys that have started out with Mark. I think Derek Fox, he was started riding for Mark. And yeah, Derek started off there. Luke has, um, Luke McNiff, uh, Stephen Fox, there's been a few of them there. Yeah. There's been plenty that have gone through there. And I've, I've, I learned a lot there. Um, and he's been a, that's been a great help to me starting off there. And just, um, and so what, what, what year did you move over to um, England? Uh, about May 2016, I think it was. And was it, it a just literally turned 16 the week before? And was and it a, moved over here? What was it a big step to, to move over, or had it been something that you were considering for a while? Oh, it was like I was going to go to the racing school in Kildare, but then I got I got a phone call and asked would I be interested in coming over here and giving it a go, and I had a job in all, and it would have happened a lot quicker for me over here, so I didn't really think about it. I just said yes straight away. Yeah. And just moved over without even thinking about it, really, and I never looked back. And you know? and you were straight over uh, to John Ryan. Have you been with John Ryan since you went over? I or? I moved over to John Butler, and uh, after about I spent a year with him, and then I moved on to Robert Andrews. And I think it was a year, year and a bit with Robert, and then my license was up for a new one with Robert, and he had only eight horses in training. So John said I could come and work for him. He had a lot more in. He had about 20, 25 in. So I moved over to John's, moved a license over to John's. So I started working for him then. And things have been going well, you know, I've been lucky. Yeah, and just looking, uh, Darrett, like, I, I see you've, um, so, like, tw 2018 seemed to be the kind of, the first year where you kind of, you know, really made an imprint. You, you had 23 winners in 2018. Uh, you got it up yes. to 30 in 2019. So I suppose th there was a natural progression there, Darrett, was there? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, you can only get better. Like when I started off, it wouldn't have been great. And then the more rides you get, and the more experience you get each year, you'll get stronger, and you, 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 you build new contacts. So normally, you, you things keep progressing. But this year has been a bit of a setback with the whole COVID thing. It's kind of put me yeah. back slightly, but I'm, I'm still going okay. Yeah. So you said, yeah, you're still, you're, you're well into the mid teens for for winners this year, and I suppose with the disruption. I suppose you probably lost what well, you lost about three four months of racing there. I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It was more momentum than anything else. Like I, I, I was, I was going great before lockdown. Lockdown happened and things just started a bit slower than I wanted them to. You know, um, if if I was still going throughout the year, I think I might have done a bit better. You know. Yeah, and w would you like? Do you think there's been a much much change now, like post COVID? Like is. I know, obviously, there's, there's no race scores at the race course, but do you think there's there's much yeah. change in, in, like, you know, I, I suppose they must have added, must be added pressures when you go to the race course, of, I, I assume, with social distancing and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, like, you have to wear a mask everywhere now and mask when you're riding, and it's a bit hassle, and you can only do one meeting now, one meeting a day, whereas before I could go from, say, Lingfield to Kempton, and you could have more rides. Now you're only able to do one meeting. Yeah, yeah. Because and of all this COVID thing. And just, uh, Dara, just to give our listeners, uh, what would be a typical day now, um, just around John's yard for yourself? Like, I, I assume, I know, I know you have to be up early in the morning anyway. Yes, well, I, I get up, I get up most mornings at five o'clock, go into the yard around half five or that, start doing a few of the waters there, tack up the horses, and we muck out if we have to for short staffed. And we'd ride out probably about four horses. And if um, if I have to ride out anywhere else, I'll John let me shoot down and ride out, gallop a couple of horses for someone else, which is pretty good, you know. And then I'll get in the car, probably go racing, depending on how many rides I've had. Yeah. And um, chance to me luck there, and then come back. It's usually pretty late. We get back and start again the next day. Yeah, you know? it must be just uh, like I suppose if you've arrived in Wolverhampton at eight o'clock in the evening, it's it's. It's it's not much of a turnaround time before you're up at five o'clock in the morning. No, exactly. You're 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 back early mornings and late nights, but when you enjoy it, it's it's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, you know. And so we're just we're just discussing there how many winners you had. Uh, what would be what would be your hopes for the future? I know you're, you're still only a young man in this game, but what would yes. be your hopes? Ah, uh, well, uh, look, uh, all I can do at the minute is with this whole COVID thing is just hope things. Go okay till maybe when it clears out, and then probably try get try get riding for a big stable and get a bit get get a chance in some big races, you know. Yeah. Um, I'd love to try be all weather champion apprentice, but the way things are going, you never know. The things could pick up, and 
it's hard. It's hard at the minute, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a tough game. Um, and and would you see yourself in the future, Dar? Would you like you probably see yourself based in in the UK? Would you? You wouldn't like I know. Oh, I think I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I ever retired, I think I would come home and live at home. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose there's with Ireland. I suppose there's not as many opportunities as you would have in the UK. Exactly. If it's very difficult. There's not as many trainers. The race is far more competitive. Like over here, you'd have. You could have six meetings a day, which that means you're going to have, you're going to get some chance of getting a ride, you know, even if you're no good. But I've been lucky; things have gone well. Yeah, yeah. And would you? I suppose, like, is there any jockey that like you would kind of model yourself on, or like, would you have a favourite jockey? Or I kind of I, I I look at a lot of them. I used to love watching Richard Hughes ride. Um, a lot of them be very good to me. Adam Kirby would be very good to me. Teaches me a lot, and Tom Queeley. They're, they're, they'd be they'd be a good help to me if I'm ever doing anything wrong and punching the right way, you know? Yeah. And would you have, um, I suppose, just talking of, of all the winners you've had, would you have a, a favourite winner or a favourite track where you've had a winner? I know you've had a winner at Ascot and you've had a, a few at Newmarket. Would there be a favourite? I suppose the, my favourite winner was probably, um, I had a winner at York for Robert Edry. That was probably the the most exciting one. Such a big crowd there. and That was and, that um, the Ebor Festival, was it? Yeah, the, I think it was, or maybe the meeting before, but it was a big race and there was a lot of people there. It's just um, and nice owners, you know, it makes it a lot, lot, lot better. And would you notice now, Dara, without, like, do you find it harder yourself with, with, with no race scores at the race course or no crowds there, or, or would it make a difference? I suppose there's probably so much going on when you're... Nah, the, when you're riding the races, you don't really think about what's around you. You're kind of in the zone. It is a little bit strange, all right, but you don't. It doesn't really affect your riding, or it wouldn't bother you really at all. Okay. You know, you're, you're kind of in the zone. Once you're in the stalls, you don't think about anything else, only the race. And would you? Um, I, I I just seen in your Twitter handle there. It, there's it, it's a picture of you. It's obviously probably a time when you ride at Mark McNiff's. Um, in your Twitter yes. picture, you're, you're a young man jumping a hurdle. Would you have any interest in? Maybe a career over jumps, or would you see yourself sticking a flat racing? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, my weight's pretty good at the minute. I don't struggle too bad with it. But if I ever got heavy, I think I'd give it a go. Um, I, I have no problem jumping. I, lo- I love jumping. Um, that's pro- what I really wanted to do when I was younger. But I was just too light starting off. I was very light, and um, I could go jumping now, but it wouldn't be worth it if I got injured. Yeah. Uh, it ruined my chances of getting rides rides in the flat if I got injured for three months, or if you know what I mean. And I suppose, speaking from a, a Sligo point of view, I suppose at some stage, would you like to come back and maybe ride a winner around the, the local racetrack in Cleaver here? Oh yeah, like whenever I speak to Mark McNiff, if he's, if he's ever over for the sales, he says he'll, he'll find one for me. But um, we, we're not able to travel over now with this quarantine thing. Um, I suppose he, 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 he will find me one eventually. It'll be, it'll be great. Yeah, Mark's had, Mark had a decent season actually, and he had a couple of he had, he's had a good couple of flat winners this year actually, which would be strange. yes, yes, he's a very very good trainer, and um, like it'd be it'd be great to ride a winner from if if the opportunity ever did come come about to go home and ride a winner, so I go home track, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you know half the town will be will, will be on it as, as well. It's uh, it's where one of Mark's ones goes goes on back up at the racecourse. Exactly, and it's hard it's hard to fly back as well when you're missing rides over here too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, Dara, just to finish up, um, would you, like I'd have I I've been probably following racing myself since about two thousand two, so I probably grew up in the era of like Moscow Flyer, maybe going forward to like Cato Sayer. I know I'm listing jumps yeah. horses here, but would would you have a favourite horse of the past or present, or I suppose any of your winners I, would probably be a favourite. My favourite horse growing up was probably um, Hurricane Fly, Willie Mullins's horse. Yeah, I used to love watching him. Yeah, just two miles. Great fun watching him the way he was so small and he was so tough. Um, it was great. There, there, there were great times when like Ruby and Paul Carberry and and all the top serious jockeys riding back then. Like there still is now, but back then they were just all they were just all legends. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you would have. I suppose Ruby Walsh, Barry Gurdy, uh, Paul Carberry, as you said, uh, Tony McCoy, exactly. of course. Um, exactly. Oh yeah. And just in the in the in the medium short term future, I suppose, Dara. So I suppose, like you said, that like you know maybe you'd hope to in the future maybe get to a bigger yard. But I suppose for the minute, it, it's just about getting as many rides as possible. As oh, as it's going great. Like I don't think I'd ever leave John. I'd keep right now for John. But if I ever got the chances for a bigger yard, it'd be great. Like 
just, I just basically want to keep doing as well as I can at the minute while times are tough and then when things get a bit easier then see what happens you know like I've only 19 winners and my claim left if um, just hopefully things go well, keep going you know yeah yeah well, Dara, it's been brilliant talking to you. Um, thanks for taking the time out. I know you're busy. You're coming back from a ride there in Southall. Um, we'll uh, definitely follow your progress. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but like, it, there is a genuine uh, Sligo following for you. People do keep an eye out on, on, on how many winners you've had and stuff. You know, So uh, just hopefully we can get you on again, um, hopefully maybe sometime next year if, if the restrictions have eased up. And Just thanks a million for taking the time out to talk. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Thanks very much. Thanks a million, Dara. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, Rovers time, lads. Um, cup cup weekend in cup November. Should be in a final. Cup fever, yeah, got the chills. Friday, 5.45, showgrounds, Derry City. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it, though. Um... Obviously, still on a bit of a high after last week. Um, this is our kind of, especially the fact that we're playing Derry, they're one of the two, you know, a couple of teams that can actually stop us qualifying for Europe by winning the cup. So, uh, look, we've played them twice this year, uh, both post lockdown. Uh, we've two wins against them. I don't think there's anything to fear against them. Um, and like you know, you're you're ninety minutes away there from a cup semi final. The monkey kind of may be off the back in the fact that they've already qualified for Europe. Well, we hope they've qualified for Europe, but you know, whatever, either way, the fourth place finish has uh, taken the monkey off the back of it. I'd be confident uh, that we can get a result. And yeah, I, 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 I'm very confident heading into the game. I think the players will be buzzing after last week's win in, in Dundalk. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Um, should, should be a cracker. Yeah, we should be on a high, you would think, after finishing fourth and the way we did as well. Um, but winning away in Dundalk. Like uh, we said last week, it's kind of a shot to nothing. So, yeah, you had to be confident. I know I find it hard though the the league of Ireland. You play everyone, so I know it's only two games against them. But for two recent games, to beat it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Yeah, that's a fair point. And look, and, and look, there's, there's there's probably I think I mentioned it last week. Probably between uh, ter- well us and probably ninth place, there probably wasn't a whole pile of. No, there's probably not much between them. Derry actually would probably have a slightly higher budget, I'd say, going into this year than we would have. They, I know they made a, a good few signings at the start of the year. There, there won't be much in it. Um, I'm just hoping, like, Derry finished the season very poorly. Um, I'm just hoping that the bounce we have from finishing fourth um, just will be enough to get us through to what's most likely a semi-final against the Shams. And the showgrounds a factor? Um, maybe not as much now that there's no fans there. Um, I, I still think the home environment has to be, has to be a positive for them. Um, obviously, if it was in normal times... It would be a packed showgrounds, and then you're looking at it. It is a big factor, but I, I think it's it's a small advantage, but maybe not as much as it would normally be. Yeah, I'm sure the players don't want their season to end on Friday evening. Like no, no, there's a huge incentive. As I said, there's a huge yeah. incentive. Like, you're probably going to play play Shams in the semi final, um, you know, and then it will be a free shot. You'd be playing Shams and Tala. It would would be a free shot. Well, it's Shams or Harps. They yeah, play, that's they play at the same time. Yeah. Is it definitely away in Tala? If it's in Tala, yeah, we're away. Yeah, the right. draw. The draw's already been done for the semi final. And it's now, look, Finn Park as well. Finn Park or Finn Harps are our second favorite team. <laughs> I might not be. Um, I might be writing them off a bit prematurely. They're they're showing great form themselves. Um, that game's in Finn Park. That game's in Finn Park. It's yeah. a bog like it's, 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 it's. I was <laughs> I was running through Bally Field today. It was bleak. It was <laughs> yeah. raining now, so I don't think the pitch would be in great and hick up there. Friday. That's the same any, thing. Friday. Any further developments of Waterford put in the complaints? no. Well, they didn't. The I don't think they put. So. I don't. Yeah, that once that game went head, that was it. in My opinion, and I don't think they actually put an op- uh, objection in. Did they? They just yeah, queried it. Yeah, they're, they're talking about the courts. I think. Uh, I like uh, apparently they're more querying the suspension dates of when the FAI actually do suspensions. Finn Harps contacted the FAI and about... The FAI and they got the all clear. Yeah. 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 So, so, that's, so there's any repercussions on the FAI. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and now at this stage, look, Longford have got promoted. Uh, Shelburne yeah. have been relegated. Exactly. So you put you put Shelburne back up, Longford down. Get, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I think that's going nowhere. Um, we actually said there was two teams that could stop us last week, Derry and her, and Atlone. We forgot about her. So there's three teams that could stop us potentially getting to Europe. And Derry, uh, as I say, our second favourite team, Van Herbs. Yeah, um, yeah. If they um, win again this weekend, we'll be chanting. Jesus. We'll be chanting next week. So, although well, no, we're playing them then the next week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bows and Docks, the other semi, the winner of that will go play Atlone. So, um, all to play for, like, they're, they're, all the teams there, Rovers are, well, I know Sham, they're a standout, but 
not a huge amount between us and any of the what seven teams left there. Yeah, no. Um, I just the other side of the draw is probably obviously the winners of both and then Dock is going to go on and play at loan, which you would assume would be a penalty kick on that side of the draw. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> At loan, but sure, no disrespect at loan, but that shells four 0 Yeah, well, I kind of am being disrespectful that yeah, loan, but, you know. Um, team news. I think everyone's fitting ready, aren't they? I think, yeah, yeah. Right, I think yeah. There's uh, as far as I'm aware now. It is a bit early in the week. We're only on Monday, so Monday. We're we're day early this week. We're <laughs> premature, but so it needs uh, such is the availability of her week's studio here in our lair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, a lot to look forward to there. It's, it's hard to get too much into, it, I suppose. Liam Buckley break out during the week. With a few audio bits, uh, yeah. Tell us how the team set up, but uh, Ed McGinty played yesterday for the under twenty ones. Big, that's a big, big it, thing for Rovers having a. That's a, a huge a achievement. It was a big game too. Um, yeah, disappointing result in the end. Very disappointing. Um, very yeah, disappointing. but great. I suppose on a personal level for Ed to be calling the Ireland under twenty one team is a serious achievement. Um, I think Niall Moran actually himself is more than good enough to be in in that squad as well. Uh, but for Ed himself, I mean, I know the result was a disappointing one in the end, but. Uh, superb achievement to have a player, you know, and playing in a qu- proper qualifier, you know, it wasn't just an old mean, yeah. meaningless oh, friendly. Game, um, disappointed that some of the players are called up to the senior squad. Well, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Um, I know I know the, the Nations fella. League does actually mean something in terms he of... He got like five minutes off the bench last night, didn't he? Your man Knight that they called James up. Like, Knight, yeah. yeah. Um, the reason I think for calling him up is them games actually do... <laughs> do um, well, I think you see these two games actually are going to have a bearing bear on Ireland's on ranking. World Cup qualification. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. We need people, Gary, to, to remain second seeds. We had to win one of these yeah. games to remain second seeds, which for the World Cup, I suppose, is a big thing. But yeah, look, I. And the same thing as well comes in with um, the playoff spot for the World Cup. If you don't finish in your top two in your group, you can get a playoff spot through your Nations League again. Through, okay, right, yeah. that same crazy like mind-boggling <laughs> theory of evolution stuff comes in to try and figure out <laughs> how we get through but it is you can get through if you're the highest rank team in your nation's league group that didn't end in, in the top two yeah, yeah. of your <laughs> World Cup qualification group understand? yeah perfect. <laughs> um, so that's why I, that's why I'd say they did call up the under-21s I was kind of saying that as well the under-21s bigger but what's bigger seniors getting seeding for World Cup qualifier or the under-21s qualifying to European Championships Enough, yeah. Yeah, I was the same uh, big week for Ed McGinty Sligo Dancer pair of white fronts going out and an under one cap congratulations Ed um, so the seniors yeah that was disappointing that's another another. I know sorry look disappointing might be the wrong word well it is disappointing but circumstances aren't going for him at the no. moment players unavailable yeah, in fairness yeah. like to it's unbelievable how 12 out the minute yeah it's unbelievable how it's gone against him since he's taken over like I would have been probably maybe as a League of Ireland man being a bit biased and I think he was the right appointment and I think he should be given time but um, it's unbelievable the way his luck has gone. It's a terrible luck. Yeah, terrible like, you know. And, and COVID as well, McLean yeah. and uh, Doherty, positive gone, cases yeah, after yeah. playing the full game. McLean, like, McLean got man of the match last night and then got diagnosed positive after it. Like, yeah, that's it's, insane. It's crazy. I don't understand how they can say they aren't close contacts anyone. Anyway. Yeah. I don't get that bit. I don't understand either. Don't, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's another, that's for, that's for the science section. <laughs> so, to play Bulgaria during the week, uh, hopefully we'll see a goal and result um, next week we'll review that Rovers game that's the Rovers Ross your rugby coming up you get on his walk and if someone isn't filling the gap you get on his case you say it if I fucking walk and I want to hear it listen to me now listen to me I want them standing back thinking what the fuck is going on here not for the first five minutes every fucking minute of the game fucking manic aggression Okay, rugby, Russell Boyle, what you got for us? Adrian, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so at the moment, it's still the same as last week. We're still in our in our in our bubbles, uh, doing our training, um, just trying to keep everybody engaged and just having a bit of crack. So this week we were just doing a few different challenges. Uh, people in, had to send in WhatsApp videos showing some uh, unique skills and talents they had. Right. Uh, <laughs> so there were, there were some uh, some interesting ones. Uh, Damien Cullen is a young 18-year-old fellow in, in the squad. Yeah. Bit of a character. Um, he uh, is quite musical, actually. Um, so he put in a video here playing, playing the banjo. Uh, apparently, he's actually been <laughs> <laughs> quite an accomplished performer. He's uh, been in All-Ireland like for, for del- the banjo. Deliverance or something like Yeah, deliverance style. The dun- 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 <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, look, looking forward to um, January now when we might be able to get back on buses to matches because I'd say an impromptu banjo session on the way back after a win <laughs> with a few cans actually would <laughs> yeah. be, be a serious crack. So, so that was good. Um, and um, yeah, look, we're just 
hoping to start preseason now. I think at the in the start of December and building in for January. Um, you uh, reckon? So, sorry, Trump. Uh, you reckon you'll be able to train back in December again? We're going to start training again. It won't be contact training, as far as we know at the moment. This is just what we're kind of we're kind of guessing, and okay. all the other clubs seem to be in the same opinion. That are speaking to some uh, Simon Gillespie there in Corinthians and kind of feeling the same thing as well. That lads are going to get back into, and do a, a second preseason in in December. Um, bleak enough, isn't it? It is bleak enough. But, good, um, but the mood is good in the camp, anyways. And look, we're just we're looking forward to getting back onto the pitch. Um, yes, it was good news um, for us. Um, Hubert Calvary has just been called into the Connacht Academy. Um, so Very good. We're absolutely delighted for him. He was electric in the first couple of games. You were commentating NATO. I think he caught your eye. Yeah, very impressed with his um, his fancy footwork and his his determination and drive as well. Something you yeah, he's, as well. He's, yeah, he's 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 super determined. Um, so really excited for him. Uh, unfortunately, that means now he won't be available for selection for us because he will be in the Connacht Academy and right. um, gone for the whole season. So gone for the rest of the season. But look, even if AAL comes up, even if AAL comes up, because the way it works at the moment is that academy players are only allowed to play in the Division One A. <coughs> Okay. Yeah. So that's a new one. That's a new one for this season. Right. Academy players are allowed to play. The latest, if you ask me. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, like we're all going to the same jobs Monday to Friday, and we're all you know in, in the same circles. But I suppose they just they've a little bit more control. Maybe oh, for contract it's, it's, tracing. It's, it's for COVID. It's for COVID. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, just due to COVID. Yeah. At the highest level. Okay. No. Yeah. It's, it's you know it's more just at the. Um, yeah, they just I, take, I take it back. So, uh, <laughs> the moderator, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Three weeks in a row with the moderator. Yeah. I'll try and get him on. He's a lovely fellow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no. So look, best best of luck, best of luck to Hubert. Um, yeah, delighted for him. Um, what is happening? So it was a bit of international rugby at the weekend. The Autumn Nations Cup. So Friday night lights. Friday night lights. It was it was good to have something to do, and it was um, it was an, an improved performance for Ireland. The fellow we uh, Jameson Gibson Park came in, and I thought he was fantastic. Bread of fresh air. Really sped the game up. Um, he was a lot more lively around the breakdown, wasn't he? He was a lot more livelier, yeah. yeah. And I just think when you bring that speed to the game, it just asks teams so much more questions. And I think Ireland have got just so predictable over the last couple of years that he just brings that little bit of uh, unpredictability that just unsettles defences. Surely it, uh, it um, ups Conor Murray's game now as well. Yeah, it did. Like, he came on and had played a 10 for the last 15 minutes and he actually went all right at 10 as well. Just and, thought uh, he might start a 10 this week, is there? Uh, Farrell said that. I think it might have been a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He just said that he's... He, well, he's Burns a, is the HIA, so he could be out as well. Yeah, but they, they haven't. Yeah. Called up any replacement to the squad. Ross Byrne. I, I'd say Ross Byrne is definitely going to start. Sexton's ruled out today. That's a definite. Yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be. You'd imagine it would be uh, Ross Byrne will start with with Burns on the bench. Um, if he doesn't pass the HIA during the week, they'd probably say Jack Carthy will probably be called back in again, or might go left field and bring Ian Madigan back into the fold. Um, yeah, but look, it's it's, it's going to be a, an interesting game. This game against England. Uh, England are going good now. They're not as good as they were peak COVID. Peak um, before COVID. Um, and I think Ireland have got a little bit better, so it should be um, it should be an entertaining game. Um, Bundy Aki probably should come in for Robbie Henshaw. Um, so look, English team big and physical. So Ireland, I'd say, can probably put it up to them. But um, that is on Saturday. It's on this weekend, yeah. Um, my favorite moment of the whole weekend actually had to be Argentina. Um, yes, Las oh, Pumas, the Argies. unbelievable. Uh, so Argentina haven't Men played for the Falklands. <laughs> Argentina haven't played a test match in over 400 days. Um, yeah, I've seen videos after how they were training. Like they were, they were literally running around their sitting rooms. Yeah, it was, they, they, it was crazy. It, it, was, it was nuts. And I think they only got together recently. Um, like they had to do so, everything remote. Um, so like the energy and the passion that they brought to that match was just incredible. They bet the All Blacks. Um, the All Blacks lost two times in a row now. I think it's been a long time since that happened. Um, Argentina set the tone early. Uh, Pablo Matera, their captain, had a real Roy Keane uh, Overmars moment there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dane Coles uh, kind of hit one of the Argentinian fellas. Just a little bit of a bit of a slap. Uh, not not much in it, like just shithousery really. And uh, Matera absolutely lost the plot. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I seen that. Yeah, and yeah, the ref yeah. was on to him. The referee goes on. He goes, I'm here for my country. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, he goes. I need to see more leadership from you. He goes, you're a captain. I need to see more leadership. And he goes, I'm playing for my country. Yeah, he yeah, needs yeah. to show me respect. Yeah, he needs to show that. me respect. Very so the, he was so fired up and then uh, he just, he was a machine. Um, I actually had bumped into one of our Argentinian imports today in town, Franco de Meglio, and uh, he was still absolutely buzzing. And I, I said, what's it like? He goes, oh, he described it as a, a revolution back home. I think uh, the Matera in his pre-match talk was talking about how he wants all the kids to get out there playing rugby. And, and Franco said there's just absolute scenes back home. So, really? Uh, delighted. So. So that, was, that, that was in Sydney. So that was in Sydney, playing yeah. Australia this week? Australia playing uh, Argentina this weekend. Right. Should be a good match now. Michael Checker, actually the last Australian coach, is now helping out with the Pumas now yeah. as well. 
so Leinster. Uh, ex Leinster, yeah, as well. One Heineken Cups at Leinster. Yeah. Uh, old Chaka. Cheeks. Uh, cheeks. <laughs> yeah, so he's he knows that team inside out. He probably is a, he'll, have, he'll have a point to prove as well. Uh, didn't kind of finish in good terms with the Australian team. So it'll be a tough one. You'd imagine Argentina. It'd be very hard to mentally get to that same level again. Yeah. Um, do the play... Do they play New Zealand again in a few weeks? They do, yeah. yeah so yeah, South Africa pulled out of the tournament. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah so yeah. South Africa pulled out of the tournament. So they're probably playing Australia twice and New Zealand twice. Yeah, yeah. playing okay. everyone twice. But uh, look, Very good. I would say Argent- Australia are the favourites for this weekend. You'd imagine if Argentina gets anywhere near that level of performance again that they'll win the game. I just think mentally they'll be a little bit spent and they'll find it hard to get up for it again. Uh, so Australia are in a, a really good position. If they get a win this weekend, they could actually... Um, Potentially push on and, and win that Tri Nation. So, look, yeah, some That's good games to watch this weekend. That's it rugby, from me. Local rugby and some international rugby roundup. Uh, we're going to come back with the lock of the week. It'll be Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. Jimmy is on a high after last week, lads. What yeah. a win. Great win. Great win. Hopefully, there was a few out there that followed us in. There was, yeah, there definitely was. I know a few uh, sent photos, but I think there was more than. A few lads texted. Yeah, there was. Yeah, pretty happy. So let's Sword see. Uh, hopefully, we haven't burnt out. See if we can uh, back it up this weekend. Um, we're going all the same. Sp- no, you yeah, went golf we, last week. Yeah, uh, I went Martin, golf, take yeah. it away there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So right, we're starting off. We're back. It's actually uh, the pr- the overall price is slightly higher. Um, at the time of going to press on Monday night. Wow. So first <laughs> first selection, uh, Adrian. We go to you. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with you, but I'm going to go hurling. Hurling. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's in Porky Cueve on. Saturday, it's the All Ireland hurling quarter final, Waterford versus Clare. Um, I my lock of the week is going to be Clare at a big, I think a very big in my opinion, fifteen to eight to beat Waterford. Uh, Waterford are quite impressive yesterday. Yeah, they got a lot of plaudits for their performance against Limerick in the All Ireland in the Munster final, and they bet Cork forward it obviously. But with Tony Kelly on the form he's in, um, you might say Clare one man team, but with him in the form he is in, I think he gives Clare every chance in any game they play. So fifteen to eight for Clare against Waterford is my Lock of the week. Yeah, I think that is a big price as well. Uh, pff, Tony Kelly's like a magician there at the minute. He's just putting up ridiculous totals. Uh, Roscoe, you're sticking with the international rugby. You've gone with Ireland on the handicap plus 12. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I was kind of thinking of a few different ones, but I think I'm going to go with Ireland plus 12. Um, I think they have improved. Um, Quinn Rue coming to the side there. He had a great game at the weekend. Um, I think he will help the Irish pack front up to the English team. Big issue there is if they can compete with the scrum. Um, Leinster got an awful roasting from Saracens, and it's pretty much the similar tight five. So that Irish scrum can hold up. It should be a tight game. Um, so I'm gonna that plus twelve looks good to me. Yeah, that's another one actually I like as well. And uh, just to round off to make it the treble, I've gone for Sligo Rovers uh, at home in the FAI Cup to Derry City on Friday night. Uh, Rovers are currently seven to five. As we mentioned earlier, hoping that the bounce factor um, and that they win that game for us. Um, so that treble, uh, that this one is a bit bigger this week, lads. We're up to 12.17 to 1. Wow. So hopefully it's like the old London buses and two come in a row. And that is uh, <laughs> Smooth Jimmy's Lock of the Week. Smooth Jimmy's Lock of the Week. Thank you, lads. Oh, the Sligo, Sligo dancer. There's a Cayley in the tavern, come on in. Okay, final bit, lads. Sligo dancer time. Ed McGinty romped. Well, I didn't actually. Sorry, what am I on? I didn't romp home at all. It was a tight tussle with Ollie Horgan um, last week. So, Ed, the freshly pressed wife runs drawn away to you. This week's nominations, um, sporting wise, not a huge amount going on. Roscoe, but as you said before, we, it's it's not just sport. It's clubs. Associations, people around Sligo. Who's your Sligo dancer, Ross? Who's yours? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Hubert Calvary. Spoke about it earlier in the week. Uh, going to give him the twist with my nomination for the dancer. Hubert for getting called up for the Con Academy. Academy. Yeah. Okay, so Ross, you're Hubert Calvary. Uh, just not uh, my notebook. Um, I myself, I'm going to go for um, a man who's in the room here beside us, lads. Man on sound, Aaron Tansy. Um, not for the sound now, but. <laughs> Um, essential items are hard to get during lockdown and of course we said we'd produce some Sligo um, Sligo way fronts and turns out white fronts were not an essential item but the man himself managed to track down what was it a four pack each two four packs two three packs packs and there's um, there's a delivery coming in as well 
on Wednesday. 33 to 35 inches. 33 to 5 inch waist. Uh, medium. So Aaron Tansy for tracking down why fronts during a pandemic. You are my Sligo dancer. Ronan. Yeah, I'm two from two with the old Sligo dancer. <laughs> uh, but this week was a bit of a struggle. I was looking for some, you know. Um, so it was actually, it was a quiet week on Sligo Twitter, I found. Very quiet week. You know, yeah, there was nothing yeah, really yeah. kind of standing out. There was no real characters getting into arguments or anything like that. So uh, probably my highlight of the week was I had a sensational carry from the Mandarin Court on oh, wow. Saturday night. So for my Sligo dancer of the week, I'm going to nominate the chicken curry from the Mandarin Court. Right. But how would you give that to, you wouldn't, the chicken curry, you'd have to give it to the manager. The chef, we, could the chef. we could smother the wife runs in curry. <laughs> so, so, I can't uh, think uh, of a better uh, tribute. A uh, la uh, dirty protest. So, um, the Sligo dancer this week, wow, and what, what a battle this is going to be. Uh, Russell Boy goes for Hubert Calvary. I've got Aaron Tansy and Ronan Moriarty has gone. Ronan 100%. Chicken curry. He's going to make a tree of the three. 100%. Um, <laughs> chicken curry wins. We'll have the, we'll have the, I don't, if anyone from the Mandarin Court listens to this, it could be a good sponsor, lads. I need to stay away from the Mandarin Court, but um, yeah, we'll get them, I suppose, to the chef or, or we'll just put the portion of curry, as you said, smeared over. I'm, I'm down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> curry Probably a good way to end up, I'd say. Yep, that's us, lads. That's everything, I think. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Dara for the interview. Thanks great to Dara Keenan, great piece, yeah. Uh, successful young baddie mo chalky. We're going to be hearing a lot more of him, lads. Um, that's this weekend here, lads. No, I'm happy, good man. No, no uh, all good with me. Cheers, hello. Thanks, Tansy on sound. Let's get out of here. I'm going back to where the beach is near The beer is dear there's plenty of women and the crack Walking hand in hand Along the strand Ben Mulvin at your back By the riverside You can watch the tide As it flows to Sligo Bay I'm on the move again Back in the groove again Back in the Sligo way I'm on the move again Back in the groove again Back in the Sligo way in the bookie shop, I done me lot. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.